Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Too much fun. Talk shoe. Recorded live. And talk shoe is alive. And every one of us have our shoes on, or some may be in bare feet. But we are the talk shoe gold... Health and wellness for the golden age. And we, we have beautiful sunshine here. Colin has liquid sunshine. Patty has liquid sunshine. And I don't know how Illinois is or Iowa is, but we're all having the different kind of weathers just so we appreciate what's going on. It's about using the terms that is best for you so that you understand what you're talking about. And as we had a pre-conversation, Orpha shared something that was really good. You have to define your words. Why is that, Orpha? Why do we have to define our words? Because there's so many different meanings to the words that can be misinterpreted and um, taken a different way or whatever. They... A lot of the words you can um, anagram and make a different word out of, and like life and file, love, evil, you know, or live evil. It's actually evil can also be spelled E V O L. Love uh, is evolve. You said love. Love would also be evolve. If you have an e on that, but it's it's still the same. You get the phonics, you get the phonics in there, and the different ways to spell words, and you just have to define your words because if you don't, it can be taken the wrong way or a different way than what you intended it to be. Or they can so, trick it into being that way, and they do it on purpose in courts, right? Well, that's part of it. Yeah, I mean, and what we what we say can also be interpreted differently than what you might have written down on paper. So the paper version, the written word, is always stronger than the spoken word. And and, and that's the point. When you're writing something define the words that you're using so there is no misinterpretation because so much of... Well, all of us have talked about the uh, Black's Law Dictionary, etc. Well, that was written by a man I don't even know was a lawyer or not, and the families kept it up. And they have changed the words over the years because the lawyers have used them so much they found that that was a much more expedient way of getting the legal word than they're actually figuring out how to change it. So it behooves us to know that no matter what we're doing, the words we say have to be defined and it'll be to your advantage. It's it's the same thing what we used to say with David Wynn Miller, 
2 plus 2 equals 4. Well, do you mean T-O plus T-O-O equals F-O-R-E? Because they sound alike. And weight for me, what's your weight? Two different weights, but they are different definitions. So it's always important to know your real words you really are saying versus what you think they're saying. Because that is why so much hokey pokey has gone on around us all these years because we thought we heard one thing and they were actually saying another thing. So one real it, good I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say one real good example of that, that almost everybody <clears throat> that could listen to this recording is the word when you go into court and the judge asks you, "Do you understand?" Excellent. And we all at, we all say, "Yeah, I understand." Well, what you're really say, telling that judge is that you're standing under them. That you stand, and it's not whether you comprehend what they're saying. That's not the way they're using the word "understand." They want to know if you're going to obey them and do what they say in, in their courtroom. And the judge isn't even the the highest in the hierarchy there. It's the clerk. That's right. Now, so knowing our words can help you maneuver around in a place that most of us don't want to wind up, and that's in a courtroom. And being able to know when you're getting finagled. <clears throat> and so they do not like... Go ahead. Who is saying something? Say, I was just going to say, so when you go into court and the judge asks you if you understand, say no. Because I you, do not do. Stand, yeah. you do not understand under that judge. And, and I make him explain it to me, explain it to me. No, I'm, I'm, I just don't, I do not get that. I don't, you don't say, I do not understand. You say, I do not get that. Could you explain that a little better? Then he's practicing law from the, from the uh, podium, and he can't do that. And you could call him on it. And they, yeah, they will. Yeah, one thing that... One thing that really weirded me out is the fact that they can leave the courtroom for a little while and put on a different hat and come back in. Yes, and you don't know which hat they've come back in as. And that is the trick. The judge did that three times on me, and it wasn't until later that we learned what he had done. He had gone out in admiralty, come back in and possibly equity or something else. And then he had gone uh, back out again and come in as something else. He went through all of the courts that he could go through, and I didn't know how to handle it. And that's where our education is so vital, that we really do get what they are doing when they leave the courtroom. There was a fella in Canada where the judge left the courtroom and he called the, he called the judge uh, uh, that the judge had abandoned the seat of the judicial. And because he had abandoned it, 
the case was dismissed, and he walked out of the courtroom. Wow. Well, something else that most people don't realize too is when you, if you look at the way the courtroom is set up. Yep. The the judge is on a platform. The the witness or whoever it is up there is boxed in in another platform. The clerk is boxed in on another platform. The jury's yep. boxed in on another platform. The jury even, it's so you have six on one level and six on another level, so they're divided. Yep. And people don't realize that these divisions and these segregations and different levels all play a big part in who has the authority. And... More than likely, the clerk, see, is on a higher platform than the judge. Well, actually, the clerk is lower than the judge, so that she is not uh, so obviously the stronger person in the courtroom. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I, I, I wasn't totally sure on that one. So I apologize for just voicing it without being sure because they they have the judge so boxed in there that, that you can't it, it's really hard to tell but uh, the judge probably is sitting up higher cuz they want they want to create the illusion that the judge is the highest person in the court but he's not or she's not whichever right right the female the Correct. clerk has all the power well, and part of the thing that is really advantageous is the issue of your understanding who you are. Because when you understand who you are and that they are your servants and you really hold them to it, this is an advantage for everything you're going to be doing because of the fact that this judge, when he knows you understand that, they have no place to go. But see, my failure was I didn't understand. And I got caught in it. And um, I went silent instead of saying objection. And that is the biggest word you use when he starts talking. Objection. Why? A lot because uh, I need more information and you're acting as a lawyer. Are you a judge or are you a lawyer? It's conflict of interest all the way down the the road with them. And I called them on the, the one time I got hauled off for contempt of court was when I was defining the actual... um, Admiralty, that he was in dry dock. What do you mean? And I gave him the dictionary definition, and I was starting on the courtroom definition, and he hauled me out of there. He did not want the people to know what the definition was. He knew I knew. Trisha. Yo. Well, speaking of all of this, did you see that they let well, the, uh, the jury I call it? Colin, uh, Patty, Colin yeah. was saying something. Oh, I apologize. Yeah, let Colin talk. He doesn't get a chance much. Yes. Go ahead, Colin. Okay. Okay. You go into court. They ask you, and they state your yeah. full name. Uh, you say yes. <coughs> you are agreeing 
the fact that you are the CEO of a, uh, a private corporation chartered by the uh, Federal Reserve. That's all your name in all caps. Then they, uh, if you say no to that, then they ask you again the same question, but this time your name has a capital first letter and then the rest are lowercase, and they're asking you if you are the registered agent for that said corporation. So you have to. So you need to say no. And then, then, then they start. Then they start having heart attacks and strokes. Because, and because what Colin is saying is absolutely true, there are three levels of uh, of authority. All caps is the birth certificate name, and that is the one that's in the corporation. And then the next one with the first letter cap is the one as a as the uh, trustee. We're actually the beneficiaries, but they don't want you to know that. And so they are trying to make you the trustee. And then the one where you're just printed name across in a lowercase, all lowercase, you are the uh, actual Benny, if you want to call it that, or you are the actual bearer of that name and they don't have any place to go with it because you are a flesh and blood man or woman and that's what you hit them with. No, sir, I am a flesh and blood woman. I am a flesh and blood man. They they can't get you. And that has brought them down a lot and that's, that's pissed them off so badly because we won't give in to it. And uh, some people have done really well with it, and others uh, have stumbled over it. And one of the biggest things that I learned in the courtroom, and it was confirmed later, I didn't know it at the time, and this is sometimes my belligerence is is good. (laughs) But um, where the judge had told me, go out that door and give them your address and name and phone number. And I walked out the other door. Fortunately, it had two exits. And I walked out the one I came in and, uh, and walked away, and they never came after me. Afterwards, I found out, and, and actually, David Wynn Miller said this, the one guy that he was defending had a uh, – David did an excellent job of defending him – and then the judge asked the guy, well, did you understand any of it? And he said, no, he told me what to say. And the judge says, arrest him. Another time a judge said um, to a fellow who had done a brilliant job of defending himself and, and saying who he was and acknowledging that he was the owner of this flesh and blood body, and the judge said, as the man was leaving, because his shirt was tucked out, he said, tuck in your shirt. And the guy did. He obeyed the judge. The judge arrested him. Wow. Your, your, my point in making is that if he gives a command and you obey him, you acquiesce your position. Wow. And that is very important to know that difference. And they very can do that right there in the courtroom like that. Gee. Yes. 
see did how you see that they let the did you see that they left the guys at the standoff go? Did the jury acquitted them? They did? Yes. The Oregon Oregon Wildlife Refuge guys got the defendants got uh acquitted. They got freed? Yep. In a stunning loss for federal prosecutors, the leaders of the forty one day armed standoff at a national wildlife refuge in southeast Oregon, southeastern Oregon, the western, I can't see, um, last year were acquitted for federal, of federal charges Thursday. So they didn't Excellent. Go. Yes. Do you know they had court observers there, and they they really did cause a discomfort. That judge did everything in her her line of, of fraud that she possibly could. Her conflict of interest was blatant. And she did everything she could. And that jury understood what she was doing. Excellent. That's yep. exactly what they should have been. They should have been yep. acquitted. I mean, how how long have they been in jail now? Six months? Seven months? That was part of it, too, that one of them was from out of state and Oregon had no... No right to hold him. Well, the ones, but well, the two of them were out of state. Or both of them, okay. But so Oregon's the jurisdiction two over had what? That was part of it. I have to read the whole article. I I just can't see this early. <laughs> oh, that is so good to hear. Yes, that is yes, so good a, to hear. And those every one of the judge and the ju- and the all the prosecutors need to be uh, sued. By every one of those people. Oh, I'm sure they will be. Especially the guy that was killed. They did a fraudulent action. Mm -hmm. And the one brother still has the bullet in his arm because he wouldn't allow it. And he had palsy. That right side or left side, whatever one it is, he had palsy. He had had a stroke at one time. Mm -hmm. And that palsy never got healed because that whole side of his face was down. It was down when they were... Started. So it wasn't something that happened as they tried to say during it. But they treated him like shit. They threw him down a flight of stairs. They did a whole lot of nasty stuff to him. Wow. I am so... Finally, a jury yeah. got it. Yep. I was ecstatic Finally. when I saw that last night on the Internet. And now seeing it in, on the front page this morning really helps. Absolutely, they could not report it. That is that is going to rock that whole uh, the whole schlemiel. Because I know NLA sent in. I mean, they sent in inch thick documents verifying every point they had as a common law and did every outpoint that this whole murder was and the rest of the stuff they did. That uh, and uh, they had, and as I said, they had uh, court watchers there for the thing, and that makes them very nervous, and it makes the uh, the people aware that people are watching this crap. That's what the first thing that came to me was. I hope this does something for what's going on right now in North Dakota with the Indians, because they're saying they're arresting them now and stuff. So maybe this will stop all that too. 
it had better because they're they're the first citizens of this country. Mm-hmm. They're they're real true American nationals. Yep. Yes, historically American nationals. They were they were true Americans. They were born and raised here. <laughs> yep. So all this stuff is pouring out at the same time. So oh, that's so great to hear. Yep. Oh man, that is so great to hear. I haven't been. Uh, I didn't go on the computer at all yesterday. I had too much to do, and we got a. What is it? Uh, I had to study for a test yesterday, and then went to the chiropractor, and then came home and had lunch, and then we put up a fan that took three and a half hours. Is a fan. For, uh, the fan in the kitchen. It was. Mm. I've had it for three months. But it's uh, the thing was that it had to be jerry-rigged. He could get the mount to hold the fan. That was nice and stable. But he couldn't get the pad that goes up there to really make it uh, look nice, you know. But he got all the blades on, and he got it to work, and he didn't curl his hair. And it's not making a whole bunch of noise. Yeah, he didn't. He did real good. All right. and, uh, it was it was exciting, but uh, he was able to tell me. I don't know if a lot of you know that I got rejected by my ham club that I joined for the second time. Oh, the first time Gary and I joined, and we paid our money, and they returned our money because we refused to use our full birth certificate name. And I said we don't have to. We can use we can put in the name we wish to use. And um, they they said, no, I said, are you being Gestapo here? Are you being the police state? Well, I, they wanted to get on with their meeting, so they did. And But what happened was that I, I got my money back, and uh, Gary and I were rejected and kicked out. <laughs> and, but I went to school to become a ham anyhow because I needed for purposes of safety and knowing what was going on and this is really the why I was going to school is one of them and uh, so yesterday he told me that he asked the oldest guy in the ham club he was shocked that I was not accepted as a member he said I've never heard of that and uh, Art asked him would you find out why do you know why they did it? Because they said, I called myself a sovereign citizen. I believed in the county, but not in the country. Talk about ignorance and how it is misinterpreted. And I told Art, Art, that is a police terminology, and it is used especially against people who stand up against their BS. And he said it might have been because they went and looked at your uh, records uh, for when you were arrested and stuff. I said, do they do that to everybody? Because if you do it only to one person and not to everybody, that's discrimination. If they're doing it from hearsay, which all that's, sovereign citizen is because in no way have I ever said I was a sovereign. You people lying would never say I was a sovereign citizen. 
And uh, Art knows I would never say that because I told him, I said, sovereign citizen is an oxymoron. And it's important, and why I'm saying it on this call is so that everybody knows sovereign citizen was a made-up name that the police climbed onto. I know some of the... um, uh, mountain boys or whatever it was out there in Idaho or whatever they they were saying they were sovereigns and all this other stuff and it got convoluted and everything but the police glommed on it and anybody that butts, butts heads with them is called a sovereign citizen and I did agent that when they had me in the police car and told them exactly that sovereign citizen is an oxymoron just like military intelligence and police intelligence. Do and, they check uh, everybody's and- record to to get a ham operator's license? Do they? Is there something saying they can check your record, your no. criminal record? Then they can't do this so. to you. I know that's discrimination. Someone, offer uh, you were going to say something. Yeah. A-R-R-L and, and the ham, the whole ham section of taking my test, they gave me my, my code without any problem. It's the club that is having the problem. Are there I other was, clubs? I, <laughs> also, you were going to say? I had just said Microsoft Works is another oxymoron. <laughs> as, as yeah, Microsoft Word is an oxymoron. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good Trisha. one. You were saying, Patty, what was your question again? No, huh? Colin has something to say. Trisha? Colin? Yeah. Colin? Hello? Yeah. Colin? Yeah. yeah. All right. Sovereign citizen is an impossibility. You yeah. can either be you can either be sovereign or you can be a citizen under the Fourteenth Amendment. You can't be both. Correct. But I I I defined it for them because they wouldn't even know what the Fourteenth Amendment was. I defined it as sovereign is free and citizen is slave. You want to be a free slave? That's that's redundant. Mm-hmm. And so that they got that one, but if I'd used the other one, they they wouldn't they wouldn't have gotten what the Fourteenth Amendment was because they don't understand what the, the amendments. And Are you the so, only woman in the hand club? They just don't want a woman in there, do they? Oh no, they have women. They have a lot of women. Oh, husbands okay. and wives. They have okay. a lot of women. Husbands and there are a lot of husbands and wives in there. There, are, I don't know if there are single women, but there are husbands and wives in there, and. Uh, but, and I told Art, I said, ask, um, ask Fritz if he can go back in there. He said, I'll have another board meeting soon. Uh, if it was hearsay, if someone just heard someone say that, that they thought they heard me say that, or if they did something, uh, checked records or someplace, and, uh, because, number one, it's defamation, uh, for the board members, and Art said, sue the bastards. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just thinking that. Go down and cook out a, <laughs> yeah. a complaint against them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's unconscionable. 
I would never use the word. And as you as you so wonderfully said, Colin, it it it's unapplicable. And sovereign is for all the people. And what they don't get, and I said it's their ignorance. Their ignorance is so blatant here. And that that but the, I thought, holy cow! You can't be in the club. <laughs> So well, I, I wouldn't want to be in the club now. I mean, I with that you. type of small thinking, I, I, that's just yeah. unbelievable. I, I was going to ask if there was anybody that was willing to stand up for you. I mean, surely everybody in that club doesn't. Um, they probably just haven't been educated. They, they haven't been, and they're following what the the bloody. Uh, news media says on TV. Yeah, these these bad people were saying they were uh, sovereign citizens, and they all believed them. Because that is a police terminology now. That's exactly how they try and stump you. Because that was what they called me. I never said it once to them. They called me it. That's why I called them on it. So, but if they went and looked at my um, detention things, I mean, how how bad am I when every one of my detentions are on non-injury traffic tickets? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a dangerous person. Oh, don't let her in the ham radio club. I may, I may run over you. <laughs> she may be talking on her ham radio and run over you on her moped. <laughs> In my moped. Now we're talking about that. I said I could put the antenna on my helmet. Oh, God, <laughs> that's funny. Of course, I could, I'd have to have a third arm. <laughs> <laughs> The visual is too funny. It is just it too is funny. exciting. I've been wanting you to move out here anyway. I think they'd take you. I think they'd take you in the ham radio club in Spokane or where Colin is. Or yeah, let's let's just move you around a little bit. <laughs> well, I like the idea of being on a cruise ship. I love water. <laughs> you could be a ham operator on the cruise ship. My God, you could be contacting all the other planets. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Planets, not pirates. Planets. (laughs) Pirates, too. (laughs) Well, I could never use the ham on the the ship unless I got permission. Maybe you could become a ham operator on a ship. Yeah, I could be. If they like oh, it the club. But that right. certainly is a cheap way of traveling around. I didn't realize that. And that's kind of cool. Yeah, and, and what uh, our teacher was saying, I guess she she looked into it a little bit, and she said every so many months or so, they switch the ships around. So she's in a different pattern. Oh. Or she may be on a different ship. I don't know, but she pays for her trips. Now, if she pays at a time when it's a low season or something like that, 
She didn't stay for a long time. Yeah, buy it all in advance. Yeah. Mm. Doesn't have to cook. Doesn't have to make her bed. Has plenty of walking room. Can play, as she said, uh, she plays shuffleboard. You can learn probably canasta and bridge. And and her husband's deceased. Her family is, they're all grown. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be better than doing it. I was thinking about doing it on a train, but I think the boat would be better. Yeah, well, the trains are so bad. You can do a 30-day with Amtrak and do a, a routing they have and do another 30-day and another routing, but <clears throat> the trains are terrible with their schedules. Our train, Amtrak train, goes here at something like 11 o'clock, supposedly, at night. It might be 11.15, 11.30. Oh, it's after and midnight it's, here. <laughs> so, do you even have it up there? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, this is and, almost a million people up here with all the surrounding areas. Okay, they're trying to put in commuter trains now. They're going to run a bus. We heard that they're going to run a bus system from Raleigh, North Carolina, to some other state, and I can't remember the other state because we have. You know, Tennessee, and we have, um, what else? Tennessee is about the closest to, that would go straight across to Raleigh. To see if a bus would even be, for people to go, do you know how slow bloody buses? I was going to go to Orpha's house. It would have (laughs) taken me 24 hours to get to Illinois. Not How many miles house. is it from where you are? How many miles? How many miles? Yeah. I don't recall right now. I think it was about 1,100 or so. That's and one way? From Spartanburg to um, Varna. Right, uh, also, I think it was about 1,100 or something. But see, I would have to go to Joliet. Oh, not Joliet, yes. to Peoria. And then Orpha would have had to pick me up in, in uh, Peoria, and then to come home, it was either an hour less or an hour more to come the same route, come back to the same route. I'm I don't know where the hour. Train. Oh, I know what it is. It's the increase in hour. Orford does lose an hour. I forgot all about that. But when I drove in, what did I left? What Orford about? Oh, I left it about four or five in the morning. Maybe it was five or six. But I was here at six o'clock on the dot. You mean? No, 6.30 on the dot. So it took me 12 and a half hours. You didn't bring the crew, did you? You had a babysitter. I had had, uh, Peppy with me. Just Peppy, okay. Yeah, Peppy was with me. She she was a great traveler. I don't think you had Peter and Paul then, did you? What? No. You didn't have Peter and Paul yet, did you? No, they didn't come until July, August, just before the test. And uh, and, uh, but Peppy was a real good traveler. I'm sending you a hermit crab. You can name her Mary, so you'll have (laughs) Peter, Paul, and Mary. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a Paul either. (laughs) 
Oh, I thought they were Peter and Paul. No, it's Peter Polly. Polly, that's right. Okay. Peter and Peter is so like Simon. It's hysterical. And and these two dogs, oh, I call them the Bobsy twins. Mm-hmm. At nighttime, they sit. I've given them their little treat for bedtime, and uh, they. Peppy's gone over and gotten in her bed and laid down and. Peter and Polly are staring at me. Our blankets. Give us our blankets. We want our blankets. <clears throat> because the way they want their blankets is laid over the dog bed, not in the dog bed or, or just laid with their heads out like Peppy likes it. They want it over so they can crawl under and make a little tunnel and make a little cave. <laughs> I was always so jealous of that with my mother and her dog that she kept her dog next to her bed and the dog would cry and mom would wake up and cover her up. Yep. You know, yep. and I'd go. <laughs> I remember when I'd wake up being sick, you'd yell at me. You wouldn't cover me up. You'd yell at me because I didn't make it to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'd yell at the dogs. Just yesterday, Peter pooped right in front of me. No, Peter, wait until we go outside. I can't hold it. It pooped. And then I went to go get some toilet paper. He pooped again. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, I they found know out. I do not like it. I put it right in their face, and they just. I don't found like out it. yesterday part of my snail problem. Remember, I told you uh, I'm having these snail problems. Slug. Yeah. Well, yesterday morning, after I went to the bathroom and came back in the bedroom, I went back in the bathroom for something, and I had taken the paper out of the plastic bag in the bathroom, and there on the plastic bag of the paper was a big slug. I'm bringing him in with the paper. Oh. <laughs> I have to look at the plastic bag before I bring it in the house. The people used to tell me, always watch your paper bag because you bring in roaches with the paper bag. I hadn't thought of slugs coming in. So I didn't well, we never that. had slugs until that guy moved in across the street with a motorhome from the coast. These are... These are slugs that grow over in Seattle, not in Spokane. But we've had so much damp weather that they've taken over this trailer park. There's one part in my yard, you guys. I'll go out in in the morning. And I I wish I had the courage to stay up all night and wait to see this thing. Because there's a two-inch slime trail from the tires to the trailer. You know, and it's about 12 feet. I just... Dearly love to see that thing. It's got to be a monster, huge thing. <laughs> you mean it's a, it's a slug that big? Yes. How wide is it? I haven't seen the slug. All I'm seeing is the slime trail it leaves. But how wide is it? About two inches. Oh, that's a big sucker. I know. Get, no shit. Diatomaceous earth. Get diatomaceous earth and see if that might get rid of them. I think it's under the trailer breathing. <laughs> I think it's going to be my new husband. <laughs> 
And they're oh, frivolous lady, a new hug. Somebody <laughs> on one of the phone calls when this started happening to me two years ago said, "Oh, you must be really holy because they, they're um, they don't need mates; they can do themselves, whatever you call it. They're hermaphrodites <laughs> or something." And I'm going, yeah. "Oh, that's just what I need to hear—that I'm a hermaphrodite." <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got to tell you the latest uh, disease that came over the internet. I don't. I think I sent it out to all of you. The disability rather than disease. Oh, oh, I love it. And not having a sexual partner. I called up Bruce's mother and told her that's what's wrong with two of her other sons, <laughs> and that they should go down and sign up for disability. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I, said, and I showed it to a guy in my class, which was supposed to bring up these news, news items. And he looked it up and he said, it's being so contested. <laughs> oh, dear, they get in our face and say, we got to have a mate. <laughs> That's all right to, to say yay or nay. <laughs> well, if there's anything like you or me, a mate couldn't live with us, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they can't stand that strength. <laughs> and as, what was it? Um, what was the statement that? Uh, uh, what's his name? Drake Bailey was calling us because we were. I, I want to say incorrigibles, but that isn't what the word he used. Colin, do you remember the word he used when we were the ones that were always uh, given problems in school? Uh, and stood up against or said, no, I don't believe that. <laughs> he called us something, and uh, I should have written it down, but it was, it was, like I said, yeah, that's us. Do you remember the word? No, I don't. Yeah. Do I remember Thomas's Patty? call last night, Thomas William. Oh, how was it? Not good. Well, it was okay, but he's saying it's going to take a lot longer than I think it's going to take. So to me, it wasn't good. Well, it's he because Drake moved it all back to January, and I go, I don't care what they just do the shit. Yeah, you know, just, but just not, let me go down to the started. bank and go in to see my social security, and let it be twenty one hundred dollars instead of seven hundred dollars. Then I'll know everything's fine. Well, it'll be a lot more than twenty one hundred. If this ever comes through. Yeah. Oh, I just want a triple. You mean I'm going too low? <laughs> <laughs> I could live really well on fifteen hundred dollars a month. Yeah, it'd take all the pressure off you, that's for sure. Yeah. But that that's the thing that uh uh, with all this stuff that's going on. I mean, I saw an email. I don't think I sent it out, but it was an email. Vote in. Uh, there will be no third world war if you vote in Trump. Signed, Putin. And I'm going, no, that's just you. Someone's bloody. <laughs> bloody. <laughs> or, uh, you know, promo or something like that. And I didn't send it on. I don't didn't bother. Hey, it's up to everybody. What? I saw something with the Pope and the Russian 
evangel guy, whatever he is. He's not a pope, but he's something like a pope. And they were both going to Antarctica. They were doing what? Going to Antarctica. There's something going on with Antarctica. Maybe they're finally going to tell us that there is more land that we haven't been told about, because I'm sure there is. There's a lot more land that we don't even know about, and that's why we don't know what's going on up there. Pardon me. The um, the Antarctic has been settled by the Rush by the Germans during the Second World War. Part of it. Yeah, and that's there's a lot more to it than where they are. Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. But and I also think? heard that yes, the Earth is hollow, and they uh-huh. showed a picture of it, and one end of it looks uh-huh. like an eye. It looks like an eye of a human being. The planets do. So maybe the the Germans are just in the Agarthen part, the bad alien part, because I think in the center of the Earth is the good people, where the good people run the Earth, and it's run by women, of course. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> well, I, you know, I really got into that Hollow Earth Network and understanding, trying to understand it. And I can see where we could have all kinds of different races inside, you know, yeah. different layers of the Earth. So, you know, who knows? And about well, 95% of us have alien blood. So there are very few that are pure human. Well, when you go back in just the history of from the Bible's dating, we're all related. Yeah. There is no non-relationship. It may be thinned out. It may be far distant from the original, but it's still the bloodline is there. That's why it's so funny when they say, well, all the presidents are... are uh, um, our family relations. We're all family relations. There is no exception. Well, I know I have alien blood because I have blood that does not want to cooperate with me. Hey, I found a new product, Oprah. I'm going to look into it. Within five minutes of taking it, it's supposed to fix your blood. Um, It didn't give any price on it. I listened to the spiel. I haven't listened to all of it. But then you call this guy about it. So I'm going to call him and see how much it costs. And he wants to know... It fixes your blood... Within five minutes of taking it, if they look at your blood again, your blood is all not clumped up anymore. It's, um, I'll even give you the name of it. I'll go over to my computer so you can look it up. Um, It just looks, you know, I just barely saw it. I haven't, wake up, computer. Why don't you send it to Wonder and she can send it out in her email. Okay, I'll try, or I'll no, post no. it on your page on Facebook because I have trouble. I don't want that stuff on my Facebook. Stuff never makes it to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's because. You, uh, yeah, I wanted to mention that to you, Patty. When you you send stuff to me through this messenger, and I have no idea how to send it to anybody else. Oh, okay. You need well, to send me an email. Send it to me an email. All right, and, Patty's going to learn but, how to send emails finally. <laughs> That's why I'm just saying if you just send it to Wonder she can send it out so that everybody has the information. Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. I'll figure out a way to do it. Mess- 
messenger to me, and I'm going, okay, I don't know how to send send these things to other people, you know, for messenger. I'm still learning that. So, okay. yeah, right. any me- anything that you sent to me through messenger, I have not sent on because I don't know how to do it. Well, all I really need to do is find the name of it, and then you guys can Google it, but I can't. Yeah. I, I have so me. much. Send me what the name is, and we'll research it. We'll get it Googled. I I apologize. I still have. Oh, here it is. C R O. What is it? You guys got a pen? What is it? You're gonna make me write this down, aren't you? Yes. Yep. (laughs) P R O D O V I T E. Live blood videos. See the results here, and it's at H T T P dot dot slash slash www.protovite.biz slash. And I'm still looking for Back to the www and forward slash and all that stuff. What what word did you put in? P-R-O-D-O-V-I-V-I-T-E. Protovite. Okay. And is it dot com? Dot org? Biz with a slash after it. V-I-S, Victor, English, uh, Victor India, uh, S, the survey. No, P-R-O-D-O-V-I-T-E. Like Victor? V like yeah, Victor? Yeah, V like Victor is to, and then there's an E on it. I can't think of an E. Word. Edward. Edward, okay. And I just clicked wow. on it. And it's got audios dot, and everything. Dot what? Dot, dot is? I dot biz. So B-I-Z. Like showbiz. Yeah, like showbiz. With a slash after the biz. V-I-S slash. Okay. B. Not V. B is in boy. boy. I Thank you. Cream. That's what I need. Because V and E's are xylophone. very hard. Sometimes I think I should wear false teeth so I can talk. (laughs) Now, you're you're saying that V and B are very hard for me to get straight. That's why I try and use the the phonetic thing, but I do a bad job of the phonetic. I have to learn that. I have the list here. I I know B is Victor, but I can't remember what B is. Boy? B is boy. Okay. That's what happens Alpha, wait a minute, I've got it here someplace. Alphabet. <laughs> Here it is. Here is it's Alpha Bravo Charlie. Oh. And Victor is V is Victor. We should make a woman's one. Yeah, we can put it all in clothes. <laughs> I wouldn't know it either. <laughs> That's why whenever Okay, I and this is on name. blood. Okay. What Orva? That's where when I'm a lot of people cannot get my name right because the the pH yes they'll go for sa or something of that nature and I have to spell it O R P like in paper and they still get the T on there I don't know how they do it but even if I spell it P like in paper ortha no I'm still wrong. So, I, so I've gotten to the point where I say, okay, say Orpha or or Orphan. Orphan. Say Orphan. 
And that's I how you taught me. I, I used to. <laughs> I I've I've often gone with that because people know how to say orphan, but yeah. then when they try to say orphan, it comes out Oprah, <laughs> Ortha. Um, and it always comes out Orpa to me. Uh, Orpa. Or, because Orpa is in the Bible. <laughs> and yeah. Ortha Winfrey, Ortha Win, Winfrey's mother Orpa. Yeah. No, named her Orpa. after Orpa, but spelled it wrong. Yes, and that's why she came up with Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, at work was one day when I was, it was quite a while ago. We decided to um, exchange Valentine cards among everybody, and this one guy <laughs> who he gave me a a Valentine card and it said uh, to Orpha and drop the end. <laughs> I had taught him, you know, Orpha and drop and drop the N, and he thought I said end. E-N-D. Oh, oh. <laughs> Drop <laughs> your butt. <laughs> and I just cracked up so much from that because I thought, I, you know, there, there's another play on the words, you know. That's yeah. right. I don't know that people, I didn't realize that he misunderstood what I was saying, even with that. You know, I said, like wow. orphan, drop the end. <clears throat> he points, orphan, drop the end. <laughs> That is so funny because our names are so vital to all of us and how we use them and and to have that kind of misrepresentation, that's very interesting. Well, the one that that really surprised me, though, was a lot of the times, and this happens a lot, a lot more than I thought it was, but it finally dawned on me what was happening. Um when I'd answer the phone or I'd be talking to somebody and that didn't know me and I'd say, this is Orpha <clears> that always think I was saying my name was Melissa. I'm going, how do you get Melissa out of Orpha? And I realized that they were hearing this is Orpha. So what they were, they, what they were hearing was Melissa, all that, you know, this oh. is pretty. <laughs> They weren't even hearing the Orpha. It was just this. <laughs> this is. And they were getting yeah. Melissa, my name. So wow. it's very interesting, you know, you know, when you really start paying attention to how people are hearing what you're saying, they're not hearing what you're saying. They're yeah. hearing what they're hearing, they you know, hear whatever it. that is. I can, I can hardly ever hear what Bruce is saying to me, especially if he's not right in front of me. I have to make him get in front of me and talk to me. He mumbles. He mumbles so bad. And then it's hard to read his lips because he has a mustache. So I have double problem. (laughs) Get right here and enunciate your words so I can understand what you're saying. Don't at me because I can't understand that. And I hear it when he and his mother are saying goodbye on the telephone. It's funnier than hell. You'll hear this at the very end. They both do it. They both go up, 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 uh, 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 uh. It's weird. Just weird. <laughs> you know? It's just something. Why, why the, are they doing uh, 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 uh. I don't know. It's something about their family. They're aliens. I don't know. 
They just I Bruce told me it's because for him, it's because he didn't say goodbye right to his dad the day his dad died. And he felt bad because of it. So he's always afraid to say goodbye to his mom because he's afraid he's never going to see her again. He's that sensitive. You know? Wow. I know. I've got me a little girl, but I love him so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. My My dad taught me to say my name. He says, Orpha as an elephant. <laughs> I never could understand what he was, because of the spelling. Yeah, that's what I used to say. Yeah. <laughs> he was um, trying to teach oh, me how to say the P-H. Yeah, yeah. P-H like an elephant. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he had me confused for so many years. <laughs> <laughs> so you thought you were an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure oh, out what my name and elephants was, you know, it just it didn't make any sense whatsoever. It's funny what a childhood thing will do to you like that. There's something that happened to me in childhood. I do not I just did it. I don't like using hyphenated words. And when I'm I will I will do it when I'm talking. But when I'm writing, I will not do it because for so many years I had trouble trying to figure out where that apostrophe went, whether it went between the T and the N or before the T and the N. So when I'm writing stuff you mean out, contractions, I'll, not hyphenated words. Contractions. Yeah, contractions, contractions. So I will write. I do not. I won't write. Don't. You know. And now I do know where the hyphen goes, but it's become a habit. Apost- you know? And you're, you're farther ahead apost- because most people don't know how to do it anyhow. So, Yeah. I thought it so was because of my dyslexia, but I'm not sure. Or maybe it was my defiance. I don't know. Uh, well, I think it's a lot on, uh, because I see books now, even in my college classes, where they're... They're still doing uh, the the amount of commas that are excessive, the amount of hyphenation or apostrophes, etc. Uh, it's unbelievable. They don't need them. They really don't need them. It's it's uh, it's such a. I mean, you, you make that mark to take the place of the O. Do not. Why yeah. not just write do not instead of. D O N possible. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think it's partly because my dad was an English major. I think I have this English thing in me that is just. <laughs> and I'm Irish, and I don't like English. <laughs> there you go. Do you realize that at the time of the of the Revolutionary War, there were no Americans fighting in the Revolutionary War. May I ask a question? Sure, go ahead, Jerry. Okay, I'm I'm a bit mixed up this morning on Bodhi. Didn't you tell me, or did I not hear that I cannot wait until the eighth to vote? Oh no, you you if you're do what Patty is doing is sending in uh, her written ballot. 
They send us written ballots here. We automatically get them. I don't even ask for it. We automatically get them. Oh, really? Patty. Yeah, Yeah. I tore mine up. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, uh, Colin. Colin wants to say something. All right. Patty, what you received was a sample ballot unless you specifically ask for a absentee ballot. Oh, no. He's got the whole envelope and everything to mail it in. Okay, you got an absentee ballot then. Mm-hmm. Not a, you know, you can get a uh, a sample ballot. No, I got an absentee ballot, and I did last okay. year too. Maybe it's because right. I never show up. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I fought really hard to get my voting rights back, and now I don't even want to use them. Yeah, the only is, the only thing I want to go vote is on you know whatever might be issues might be here for the community, right? And I, but I'm afraid if I go down and vote for those issues, they'll say, oh, she forgot to vote for which president she wanted, and take my vote and put it where they want it. I don't want to do that. So how right. can I get around that? <clears throat> vote for all of the um, other. Uh, um, non-Republican and Democrat, and then watch what happens. Well, I'm well gonna that's very important you thing. watch what happens because that's where people are showing that there's the fraud. You know, that senator that caused me, called me a menace to society, well, he's running again this year. And guess oh. what? Guess what? Oh. He's running unopposed. I'm very, very, very having a very hard time not writing my name in. <laughs> Good. I've written my name in before. <laughs> but he hated me so bad, I'm afraid they'll send a bomb to my house. <laughs> I mean, this well, guy will remember I me. <laughs> I didn't vote one year, and that was when Obama was running a second time and it seemed all the time that he was in the first time was everyone was talking about he wasn't eligible to be a president and prove your birthright and all of that and so when he's running again I said well I'm not even going to vote. They didn't ever get that straightened up. And now we have Hillary, and we find that she is some kind of criminal to the laws, that she cannot become an officer in any, you know, she can't be president. Correct. As soon as she makes it, which everyone says, Hillary is going to be the next president. Are we going to start like we did with Obama and say, you don't have the right to be the president? And we're going to spend those four years arguing about why she made it and how she legally now is the president? 
Patricia, well, Colin not, may not have only... an answer for that. Go ahead, Colin. Oh. All right. Okay. Obama is not the president of the United States of America. He is the president. He is the president, the president and CEO of United oh, States Inc. Corporation. Right. And and one other thing too, which this it goes to why our votes don't count, is the there's only three votes that count and um, ultimately choose who the president is going to be, and that's the three electoral votes out of Washington D.C. Which is not voting in the elections at all. Washington, D.C. isn't even a part of the United States. It is a territory. Yeah. This is is why our votes do not count. That's another reason. Hey. Washington, D.C. is a city, an independent city-state, along with the city of London, and the Vatican, and they well, together they compromise the empire of the three cities, and they own and rule and control the world. And we ain't part of it. We yep. ain't part of it. And and that's we why it does, none of them. Yep, and that's why it does not. Our votes do not count because when they do the presidential election. All of our votes, they make it look good. You know, oh, this state is, you know, blue. This state is red. Of course, you never see any pink, yellow, or orange states, but, you know, they're all red or blue. And they can. it doesn't matter how those states go. The three electoral votes out of Washington, D.C. are the only ones that count. And there's been times where the popular vote... Where the popular vote went against. Well, well the popular Absolutely. vote has many times been that way, and yeah. they they poo pooed it. They ignore it. They ignore yeah, it. They ignore it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's that's why it does not matter how you vote, who you vote for, or even if you do vote and they use your vote again, you know, against something else, you know, or go towards somebody else. It doesn't matter. Really, it doesn't matter. Because they've already predetermined who is going to vote from these three electoral votes. Well, the other side of it, too, is that even by noon of Election Day, they will tell you who's going to be the president. Even though the the, uh, ballot boxes are not closed until 6 p.m., California goes extra. I think they go to 7 or something because they're so far over. But they, yeah. they, they're they able to predict on one or two percent who's going to be the president. Mm-hmm. When do they read the absentee ballots? Many of it's those are negated show. because if they, if they I'm going to tell you, if your signature isn't the same as your signature was when you were 19, it'll be canceled out. Now, many of the military did not vote for Obama in 08, and all of their ballots were confiscated. None of them got voted, got used. That's come out recently. So 
you know, it's like, why bother? Yeah. And why, how did we become a democracy? They talk about democracy all the time instead of a republic. That is exactly the point that many of us have been raising, and it is the issue of why when uh, Franklin said, if you can keep it, it was torn out of our hands within less than 100 years. And it was done by the 14th Amendment, and it was done by the fraudulent use of uh, the uh, confiscation, if you want to put it, of the people in um, during the Civil War. Because that Civil War was purposely to defunct this country from being a republic anymore. And in 71, 1871... I'm sorry? Can can I jump in here a minute? Sure, go ahead, Gerald. Is that exactly why that... uh, when we pay taxes, that sixty percent goes to Rome and forty percent goes to England. Yes, and that's a that's a nice per, uh, percentage, but when you look at the Federal Reserve, the five banks are Rome and Britain and uh, Italy, and uh, one is an American bank. I think it used to be. Um, Oh, who was it? It's not Citibank. It's the other big one there in in, uh, Sterling? in uh, New York. What? Sterling? Wells Fargo? No. Not Wells Fargo. No, it's um, Chase Manhattan. Oh, okay. And so all of them, those are the five banks that run everything. And as a column pointed out, who are the three in there? England? D.C. Uh-huh. And I'm saying England, but it's the uh, banks of England. And 40% goes to England. Very easily. And the, and the queen wants her money. Your taxes that you beautifully pay every year have nothing to do with this country. They, they don't are stop given, here at all. They don't stop here at all. They keep right on going over to them. That Rome gets money. Rome gets it from the Catholics. Rome gets it from anything else that they can steal. And the issue here is that you're never represented. Never. It's a corporation. This goes goes to another oxymoron. You know, wasn't our Constitution built to tear us away from Britain? (laughs) Yep. That's exactly right. And and the Bank of England, which is in London, and I was surprised when I traveled there. I was a teenager, and I traveled, and they said, now, this is London, but out there is not London. This is London. It's the banking center, and they're very upfront about it. I have since learned a lot more about that banking center, and it's unbelievable. People, it's, that country is run by this mile square group of banks that is run by the Rockefellers. D.C., ten, it's not even 10 miles because they gave back some of the land in Virginia, we found out. 
And so it's probably about eight miles square is BC, and it is a territory. It is not part of the United States. And Rome, which is the Vatican, which was purposely set up. Now get this, back by, I don't know if it was, it wasn't Constantine, but it was one of those popes who had all this power over, in, over Europe. And the, uh, Garibaldi came in and said, we're not going to have you running everything in Italy here. So he curtailed all this energy of the Pope. And that's when the Pope said, I will be a prisoner in this, and I'm going to say a mile square thing. It is the wealthiest piece of land. You can take all three of them, and they are the wealthiest piece of land that is in any place in the world. Each one of them is extreme wealth. Well, I got another twist on that. Go ahead. I was CBR in in the service. What's a CDR? CBR, chemical, biological, radiological. Okay. uh, I got the the half-life of radiation at 53 was 10,000 years. Now, I've got an update saying, sorry, we made a mistake. It is 40 million years. Oh, God. So how are they going to control radiation if they start bombing any place? Good God. Yeah, there's no they escape. They can go in the ground and be uh, uh, safe. The ground pumps in air, and that is not safe. And they've got all these tunnels and everything. <laughs> oh, I love it. Think of how that's going to backfire. Well, I've I've read that that is actually what's going to happen. So much of that's going to be backfiring. So well, I, I I was lucky two or three times. I, I uh, was sent to the hospital about a week or so before 50,000 went to uh, 158,000 went to uh, Korea. But, uh, then I was put in through that, uh, that school in San Francisco. And all, I, when I got out of the hospital, I went into an all-colored battalion. And that throwed me into a something else. And then by, uh, by the time that I had uh, helped a person that threw me in the <laughs> threw me in the hospital, he happened to be the four-star general's handy man. So <laughs> that put me in that school. Wow. I didn't know where this all was coming from. And so I was battalion courier along with... Uh, a driver for four, uh, uh, four for 185,000 people where they had the inspections. So it changed my whole background. And I if I have a fight with somebody, coming. let him finish. What is it? Your background? What? It changed my whole background of what I always done, and it put me in. Uh, uh, I hadn't had any vacation, so I had 56 days coming, and I was in uh, 
uh, desert rock for the bomb tests in 54 and 55 starting. And so I got out on on Saturday night. I drove 400 and some miles, and we went to church. Uh, we was living in Salinas, California. And, uh, I was... Uh, I drove and we went to church Sunday morning. Monday morning, I told my wife I'm off, but at the same time, I've got these 14 or 18 files that I have to take to battalion headquarters in Monterey. So I did that. I come home and I told her that they were coming up with a uh, 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 Japanese uh, motorcycle and Harley had told them that uh, they didn't want any of those rice poppers around here, so they had told, uh, gotten a ruckus, you know. And I said, i got to go down and find out how they're doing. I went down, and there was a black wreath on the door. Now, this would be about 1, one thirty in the afternoon, and they weren't open, but at the same time, they were putting up all their shelving and stuff, and I went in, and I said, Oh, my gosh, Harley's already been here. I said, I'd like to talk to the manager, which I knew. And they said, that's part of it. I said, I don't understand. He said, well, him and his friend went fishing this morning, got out of the boat, walked to the top of the hill, got blowed down, and it killed his friend immediately. And he was so sick, so his friend blocked him. And uh, he had uh, uh, got hit full. And his, uh, so this friend of mine had pulled him back and put him in the boat and got him back to Salinas while they had taken him to uh, San Francisco to Presidio. I said, oh, my gosh, that's, that's, uh, that's the bomb. And they said that he lived three days. Now, that is 525 to 80 miles by driving, but that is uh, from Desert Rock to Salinas probably isn't that much far. And they said, well, they didn't understand why they got out of the boat. I said, well, they seen the light light up the sky. They walked to the top of the hill, and by that time, the the force had got there and got them. So they weren't supposed to see what was going on there. Well, they they didn't even know. But at the same time, they sure didn't understand when the light comes on, you better be 10 feet underground just for the radiation. Oh, true. So they did it knowing their troops. They did it knowing their troops were all out there anyway. When I got back out there 56 days later, I said, "What in the world happened?" And he said, "Well, Monday morning I got out on Saturday night. Monday morning, uh, mandatory everybody to the front were having a test. Oh my God! They hauled them out there." put them in trenches, and he said they give us a little piece of uh, glass and is about an inch by four or something. I said, well, that's a helmet glass. They can buy that by the box, but what do you need it for? 
He said, well, we was told that uh, after the blast went over the top, you could stand up and look around. I said, you know what? That was rear ends and elbows. I told you to dig, not, he said, well, it looked funny because you could see down the trench, you could see through everybody. God. It took them seven to kill all of them. They purposely killed them then. Why, sure. Oh, God. Wow. It was a bomb test, and so I got a hold of them. They were the bomb test. And they said that there was a Camp Mercury. Well, I could see Camp Mercury from where we were, but I had never been there. And they said there were 9,000 people that uh, was in that bomb test, too. So we found 5,000, and I think that there was three or four places that they fed people. You know, I don't really know, but anyway, it could be between ten and nineteen thousand to twenty some thousand dead that day. And they Where never reported it, of course. Where was of course, it? Of you don't hear about it. Yeah, yeah. Where was you it? Clean up. And what year was? Top of that, I checked, and uh, there was a a Democrat Harkin here in in Iowa. And his brother had a farm. They probably, both of them, but anyway, they had a farm on the southern layer of counties of Iowa. And uh, I was checking that wind course, and that wind course went northeast and then down between Iowa or across Iowa and and Nebraska. And uh, it took uh, 12 years to kill him. Wow. Now, did you, uh, what year was this, um, Patty asked? 53. And where was the bomb, where was the bomb exploded? uh, Schooling in later 53, and that was in uh, uh, that CBR for 16 months. And that covered into the 15th of January of 54. And I said, what's the discrepancy here? I went in the 16th. And I'm getting out to 15th. He said, well, you didn't finish your tour of duty. We can call you back. Oh, my God. See, so everything that is done by anything that is government, I check, double check, and triple check. And they don't do that. Mm-mm-mm. So they purposely killed millions, not millions, but thousands of people, and that was in '54. Okay. Yeah, that would be that was in '53. '53. And by now, can you imagine how many millions of people were killed? Oh yeah. Well, they. The thing of it is, when that radiation is turned loose, and some of that radiation is a whole lot different than the. The bombs are different. Yeah. And when they uh, turn that stuff loose and it's in the air, uh, who knows how long it stays there, you know? They said, well, uh, we made a mistake. But now we're judging it as uh, 40 million years. Good Lord. Wow. So there's nothing safe. Well, and that's... Even if they think they're safe, they're not. If they're on this planet at all, and which they don't have to be, they can be out of here. 
Yeah, that's an interesting So if problem. they set a bomb off in Texas, it would take out the whole world. Right? Why? Well, if Russia hit us know, in Texas. Uh, Russia has self-subs. Uh, They've got them all the way around us. It, it, the United States would probably last about seven to ten minutes. Right. The whole United States. We won't have to worry about our social security check. In the days following, see. Is it painful? They can hit hit every hospital or every uh, place that they want to in in five to ten minutes. Are you dead right like that, or do you have to suffer for a while? Oh, the people died instantly. In the the stuff that I handled and what they showed me, in 53, if I just touched you with one drop, what would your life be, Ex- uh, your uh, expectancy? I don't know. Very little. It was a fifth of a second, people. Oh, my God. Wow. That was 53. I call it MMP. Man, that was poison. That was 60 years ago. Good yes. Lord, it's got to be a lot worse by now. Now I, call, now I call that MMCP, man-made controlled poison. Yeah. There you are. Are you, are you referring to uh, the uh, nerve gas series composed of Taubin, Solman? Anything, uh, that, anything that they're... they're Putting in your arm and anything that they're using right now is controlled poison. Yep, right. Mm-hmm. That's the vaccines too. Yep. Yeah, nothing. That's why any of us taking them is we're we're just doing a, our own death knoll. So it's in, it behooves us. Going to take you and everything uh, because, well, if you go clear back to Atlantis. They were making clones, and they were told not to. Yep. So they were making people or entities, and that was one thing that really scared the devil out of me. Was in '61, I was uh, looking at the computers, and I said, "I don't want nothing to do with them." Here <laughs> they are. Because you when could they, see it coming. When they put that in a they put a computer in a clone. That mm-hmm. thing is smarter than most anything that's ever put around because they advance in the computer. The computer itself will advance. It gets smarter, right? Yep. It's smarter. And, it, it will, and you're not going to take care of that clone if he's mostly metal. You don't need to because he won't disintegrate. That's right. There you and, go. Uh, so when you start putting it out toward the end, the Lord's going to have to control because we are not smart enough. Well, we've been duped for so long. We don't. We aren't not smart enough. We've just been duped that it's not going to harm us, except when you see these movies that say you're going to be ruined, and the damage they did in Hiroshima and Nagasaki is 
profoundly present to what that is. What was the bomb on Nagasaki? It was supposed to be. Right? It was an, an atom bomb. Yeah, but uh, it was two days late, right? Was it? I don't know. And, well, why was it even dropped on Nagasaki? Because they wanted to stop the war. It was over, supposedly. The papers was written, as far as I can find. That it was over and we did it anyway? Nagasaki was the oldest Christian church in Japan. Really? 2,000 was there that day, and they're no longer around. Oh, my God. I never got that connection. I didn't either. Pardon me? I never got that connection that it was a religious war there. Yeah, well, it's been religious ever since it started. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, we, uh, with uh, David Wynn Miller, it was a postal war. but Yeah. Yeah, that was the oldest that uh, I think that church was set up in the 1400s. And uh, that was, they was having a big get together. So that bomb was delivered right on time. Well, what I don't understand is that with the um, the first people that were in Japan were Jesuits. They were the ones that were controlling the Japanese. Well, at the same time, why was we in Korea? Because of probably another energy pack or something. Set up nuclear things, and they had did have in Korea, and they had was working on uh, atomic energy in North Korea with uh, all the generators and everything. Uh, so, okay, that makes sense. Does that make sense? sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Colin. All right. The facilities that are in, in in what is now North Korea were built by the Imperial Japanese Navy for their atom bomb project. And the uh, Army's, the Japanese Army's uh, bomb project was at a university in Tokyo that we burned out in late 1944 with firebomb raids. But on August 12th, 1945, the Japanese Navy detonated their prototype and it worked. The facilities that North Korea has was built by the Japanese. When the Russians declared war on Japan, in uh, August of 1945, they moved into the Korean Peninsula because Korea was occupied by the Japanese. And uh, they found this place that had all this heavy security on it. They wanted to know why. And all those personnel that were stayed with the, that were at that installation were sent to Russia, and they never left. That's where Russia got its uh, big technical breakthrough besides what Klaus Fuchs gave them. That's what brought it down. Okay. That puts a lot of things together. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. The commander of the Japanese project in Korea put orders in uh, June through the uh, command system of the the Navy to uh, that their entire fleet of 
the uh, I-400 uh, submarines, the, the, the Sentoku uh, submarines. They were the biggest submarines in the world. They had a range of 38,000 miles. And they were brought, they were to be brought there start, starting in late September to be fitted because when he uh, started the final, you know, production for the pro- prototypes, he told the production line to make uh, parts for 30 bombs. And they were going to be installed in the aircraft hangars on these, uh, this particular type of submarine. And they were going to go be sent off according, you know, appropriately with enough fuel for one-way trips. And on a single day in... Uh, October, they would detonate. And they would detonate outside New York, uh, Norfolk, Washington D.C., Savannah, Georgia, okay, Miami, etc. And of course, they'd infiltrate the Seventh and Third Fleets and the Royal Navy fleets that were in the Pacific, and they'd have wiped it out. They'd basically won the war. That was the plan. But we, you know. The bombs were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which short-circuited the thing. Also, they had uh, in uh, nineteen, yeah, nineteen, early nineteen forty-five, a plane, a transport, a heavy transport plane, in the of the Luftwaffe, departed what is now Aviano Air Force Base in Italy, flew across the Balkans and southern Russia, landed in Manchuria. And they contained prototypes of jet engines, uh, other other weapons, and the engineers. And they they became they they were they started working for the Japanese. And then, of course, the Japanese surrendered uh, a few months later. Wow. A lot of different stories are coming out. Now, this a lot is, of different stories are coming out. Yeah, it's very interesting. Right. Okay. All right. The Germans were so anal about records. Yes. You know that the uh, this flight from Aviano Air Force Base was documented. There was also a submarine that was sent out at the same time that was intercepted off Brazil, and uh, it contained. Uh, 5,000 pounds of yellow cake uranium, which is a concentrate. Wow. And that was going to Japan. That I heard the story that supposedly the bomb was on the ground and they blew it up with just bombs that fell on the actual atomic bombs. No, I is think they true? actually dropped it. No. I think they actually dropped it from B-29. Okay. But, uh, you know, but you know, it, you know, this is the whole thing. You know, it's it's you know, it's so convoluted. Until we get into the archives that have the raw records, we're not going to know. Right. We're not going to know. Note here. There, there was uh, uh, I used I was a foreman for a company in Salinas, and. Uh, uh, early in the morning, about two, three o'clock in the morning, I would be eating at a restaurant, and this fellow would come over and sit in the corner. And I went over and I was talking to him, and he turned out to be one of the engineers that loaded the bombs 
And he said, you know, if if it it, it was like a, a less than an inch on each end of it, he said if it had twisted at all, it would not have uh, left out of the uh, bomb uh, out of the airplane. That's what I thought because I thought that said it was too big or too heavy. And that's why the aircraft the aircraft dropped. And he had uh, he was an engineer that was helped load them. Right. Okay. The the bombs themselves you know the aircraft themselves they were a special unique B-29 they were right. specifically they were specifically modified to carry the weight and to uh, you know to have to have the dimensions to carry it. They were not standard B twenty nines. So they had been altered to be able to carry that kind right. of weight. Right, they were modified. Well, that took a lot of pre planning to all of this. That's right. Oh yeah. Well, the people that built the atomic bomb were Germans, and they built it down in New Mexico. Yeah. But they were... So, they I mean, were the, most of them were the... They were the scientists that were run out of Europe by Hitler. Right. And they took... There were know, they two took, Operation Paperclips, too, I found out. No, that was after the war. This is actually, Hitler didn't take the time to develop the bomb. They were saying this bomb would end the war and he would win. And he poo-pooed it. They they were making heavy water up in the, uh, I'm going to say the fjords and stuff. Where the the mountains were. It was Telemark, Norway. That's right. There was a DVD that... uh, Says that the the German man that was taking a lot of our boats, uh, subs, and everything out was captured by, uh, I believe, uh, Italy. Anyway, is either uh, yeah, I think it was Italy. But anyway, they turned him over to the United States, and that's who put our atomic. Uh, bomb partially and our subs together here. And his boy was born in uh, Alaska, which was uh, a brain also, and he was making sub, uh, building sub uh, bases until they, we didn't need them anymore. Then he was building towns underneath of the United States. A lot of stuff we never heard of. Uh, maybe we'll, it'll go full circle so we all can understand, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's what's interesting. And we have run out of time. It is now 11.07, and it's like, wow, guys, this is a very, very interesting program. Thank you both, Gerald and Colin, for bringing the history parts back to us. Mm. Because so much is missing in our history. And that you were there live and on the spot. Johnny, on the spot, we'll have to call you from now on, Gerald. No, Gerald, Johnny. (laughs) 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 
this is amazing information because we knew nothing. We we all have been kept in the dark. And as you said, Colin, when the archives get truly released to the people, they will be even more excited about hanging them all. But most of them dead by then. Okay, Patricia? Yeah. Patricia? Okay. Well, uh, and, you know, and, yes. and uh, where we grew, uh, where we spent five years, it wa- it wasn't anything for a person to be a hundred years old. There's one of them mm-hmm. was 127, and a yeah. 90-year-old, 93-year-old looked like they was 35 or 40. And you know what? They were all Russians. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah, Patricia. Yeah. Okay. I have two nieces. Okay. One has a master's degree in anthropology. The other one doesn't have a you know uh, a complete college degree, but she has a lot of associate's degrees from community colleges, and they're all basically having to do with accounting and bookkeeping. And uh, if they can overcome their programming, they have they 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 can be guaranteed to have job a job, well-paying job for the rest of their lives. The accountant, okay, how long is it going to take to audit the books of the Federal Reserve and the Internal Revenue Service? Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, and for the anthropologist, we have to have someone to go through those archives. Yep. And, you know, and rewrite the history books. That's the truth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is this is where we are today is actually being given this kind of information so that eventually it will get out. And we we have to be able to uh, be cognizant that so much has been lied we have been lied to and we need to be aware of that lie so that we can do a better job of being actually stewards of this country. And I know one of you said, how do we, uh, Jerry, you asked about how do we become a democracy? The democracy was done under the guise of, uh, of allowing people to have other people represent them. And that is where we went from a republic where it took a majority to make a difference, and uh, then it became a simple majority, which is a democracy, and now we're into uh, uh, socialism now, where no one has a vote, none of it works for us, and so that is where we are at the stopping point. We must stop them, because there is no freedom in what they're planning, and this is why it's so important that we each know who we really are in order to be better and more capable than they would ever allow us or think we could do. And that, that, is, that is where we are right now. So um, I'm going to have us close for this week so that you can think about that during the week and be able to, what can I do? How can I do something? And what you can do is talk to your neighbors. Tell them these things, uh, Gerald. 
tell them where you were in your in the time you were in the war as a young man and how you survived because you did know how to survive. And look at you're you're well up into your eighties now and this is amazing that you're able to fight off so much of what they're trying to throw at you, attempting to throw at you. So maybe there's some, you you got some goodness out of some of it, and we don't know. So I'm not going to put it there that you had to get radiated. We are being radiated every day with our electric cords, et cetera, and all the, the crap that Tesla attempted to prevent. So let us say our ho'opono and uh, tie everybody in with that. And um, Jerry and Jared would love to have you join us on our Ho'opono. It is a Hawaiian chant. And Arthur, if you can give us a little history why we have it, this would be great. Well, it's, thank, it's, you. thank you. Thank you. It's, it's just thank a, you. a prayer of sorts. Chant. Um, well, okay. it's also a prayer. But it, you know, whatever you want to call it, it goes yeah. to everything comes from within. There's nothing outside of ourselves that that dictates what happens to us. Where you know, whether it's our healing, whether it's whatever, you know. I mean, you are the cause of everything that happens in your life. There's a reason for it, and a lot of it is the way our thinking is, but it's us. It's not – we have been so taught to play the blame game that it's it's ridiculous. You know, we're um, – we have choices in life, and these choices are what determines the outcome of whatever can happen. And we blame the government, we blame, you know, doctors, we blame Joe down the street, you know, whatever. We we do not take responsibility for ourselves. Um, and it, it takes an awful lot, <laughs> trust me, to, you know, get that thinking in there that you're responsible for everything that's happened in your life. But once you do, it's a lot easier to then understand how you can correct it. Um, and this Ho'opono can definitely go to that. And a lot of it is just merely forgiving yourself, loving yourself, thanking yourself, um, apologizing to yourself. But it goes within. It does not, it, when you're saying this, this, chant or prayer, you're not asking for somebody else's forgiveness. You're asking for your own forgiveness. Thank you, because I have that all backwards. And now that I'm doing it right, it feels right. It really helps to do it for yourself. And you can do it for other people or other things, whatever, to help try and correct it. But what you have to realize... Yes, you have to accept how it comes down by because you put it out there, and the results of it are what is is decided by the source or whatever. You know, I can't program the results. All I can program 
is my love. We're not even programming. Okay. Yeah, it's not programming. Okay. Um, Sending. But but in order to do it for somebody else, you still have to take it within yourself. You have to look at this as you forgiving yourself, which then radiates out to others. You're not you're not trying to forgive them for anything. You're not trying to forgive, you know, whatever. You're forgiving yourself. You're taking it within and and nailing it there. And that is what then helps anything outside of you um, be forgiven, I guess. Because <clears throat> that, that statement, you can't love somebody unless you love yourself, is very true, you know. You have to love yourself in order to love somebody else. You have to be a friend to yourself before you can be a friend to somebody else. You have to forgive yourself before you can forgive anybody else. So it, it's it's an inside job. And that is a very, very hard lesson for most people to learn because we've been so taught to blame it on somebody else. Now, I'm not saying there's not outside forces working. Of course there are. We see it on a daily basis, but it's how do we respond to that? Do we respond to it by fear, which is what they want? Because we, when we feed their fear by being fearful of them, they're getting exactly what they want. We see how much we've changed, sick. though? We're not we as fearful up. as we used to be. It's so cool. This dirt road alongside of me, they're digging a great big hole out by the racquetball club. And all of these idiots in great big trucks think that this dirt road is a throughway, and it's not. So they'll come barreling down the dirt road, and they'll get to the end of it, and there's nowhere to go. And we're all standing here just laughing. It's noisy, but it's funny to see that. There's signs there that says it's not a throughway, but still they think. <laughs> and years, a couple years ago, all that noise would drive me nuts. Now I'm laughing my ass off about it. It's funny how stupid people have become. <laughs> you know, and it doesn't bother me anymore. I'm at peace with anything. You know. That's good. And That's I can hold back, on back, if I need to. <laughs> back Let's to forgiving ourselves. Yeah, yeah, back to forgiving ourselves. And uh, the looks on some just, of these truckers' faces after they do it is, oh, man. <laughs> it's cute. Okay. Can I, can I finish, Patty? Uh, yes, honey. Yeah. <laughs> okay, just just remember that it's, it's yourself. You You have to deal with it. You have to take care of it. You have to forgive yourself. And just remember that when you look at somebody else and say you don't like what they're doing or you are angry at them because you just don't like them for some reason, remember it's a mirror. If you don't like somebody else, it's because you don't like that same thing in yourself. So you got to go within yourself and forgive you. Tell you yourself that you love yourself, that you forgive yourself, that 
you're sorry and thank yourself. Be grateful. You know, have gratitude for yourself too. That's what the whole Ho'opono is about. Um, so it's all it's all an inside job, and it's challenging to put it all on yourself. But it's the whole thing of responsibility, taking on your own responsibility. You know, just throughout your your day, just pay attention to how often. And just hearing others talk or what they're doing, what you're doing, what, you know, whatever. How often do you make a a statement or say something and the blame is being put on somebody else? They are not taking on the responsibility. And, And one real good example is when you're, it's like if you're disciplining a child or something. And we say, you make me so angry. No, you're making yourself angry. You're allowing yourself to be mad. So take on the responsibility. Say, I am becoming very angry be- you know, because what you're doing is not right. You know? But you take on the responsibility of becoming angry at yourself. It's not, it's not them... That is making you be angry. You are making yourself angry. You're you're not wanting to take that responsibility, so you blame them. Great point. Enough of my speech. Thank you. That helped. That was great. Yeah. And I am so overjoyed that Billy Bob is going to the hairdresser this morning, so I've got to get going. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's get our time going. Go ahead, Orpah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive Please me. forgive me. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive forgive me. me. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. I love you. I love you. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How, how, how. Thank By the way, people, how, how, how. When we do this, everybody else is supposed to be saying it with us. <laughs> I miss those grandbabies in the background, too. I really I do, do, Orpha. I, 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 have, I have them on Thursdays. Now we I finally told my daughter-in-law, I says, I can't take this. I need to see my grandbabies. I need to see you people. So I, uh, she's been bringing them over here for me to be able to watch during the day, and then she gets a break, and she gets to go out and do whatever she wants, you know. Good. Go shopping, have, yesterday she had lunch with her mom, you know, just do different things, because I know when my kids were growing up and I was 
you know, I, I needed a break, but I didn't have it. You know, my my mother-in-law made it very well known that she was not going to be a regular built-in babysitter. So, I mean, if there was an emergency, a medical emergency or something, she was right there. But I did not get any regular breaks or anything. You know, it was me, myself, and I. And so I, I know that, you know, my daughter-in-law can use the break I need to see my grandbabies. So <laughs> I was starting to go nuts. I, you know, you start really feeling like you're, you're useless, you know? Well, your whole relationship came after you yeah. had a stroke and it, and it wasn't your yeah. fault, you know? <laughs> well, it was my fault. Here you go. See right there. I take on the responsibility for that stroke. It was my fault. Oh, so. And that that changed everything. In fact, when I look back at, you know, when I first started babysitting, it started out to be like two days a week. I had one child. Oh. And then it, it went to three days a week with two children. And the days, you know, switched around. I did not have any, you know, I couldn't really make any plans for anything because the babysitting got in the way. And I kept thinking, oh, I wish I, you know, I need this freed up. I need, I need, you know, some time. And boom, all of a sudden, I've got a stroke. I'm no longer babysitting. And my time was freed up. Twitching and, and not only that, but my daughter-in-law, you know, she said, well, we started the discussion of, you know, what about me going back babysit and I you know I asked her I said well after a while you know I'll come back and she goes no she says I quit my job I said really she goes yeah and she just kind of chuckled she says I've been trying to figure out a way to get out of you know to quit my job I wanted to so stay the two home. of you were working on it yeah yeah <laughs> unconsciously we were working on it and boom I had a stroke and it wasn't luckily it wasn't a bad stroke, but I think that's right. due to all of the health things that right. I've been doing that, you know, made my body do it, you know, not be so bad because I never was paralyzed or anything. But yeah. <laughs> the fact that, you know, it, it was like the, <laughs> it was like the universe saying, okay, here, you can't figure it out yourself here. I'll give you a stroke, and that'll take care of both of <laughs> So I... Oh, you I, didn't even know you were having it, did you? I knew something was wrong, because I felt funny. I was kind of dizzy. I I couldn't really tell if... It was hard for me to speak in the sense that I felt like my brain wasn't working right to be able to form my words but luckily, my daughter-in-law had just come in the door. Um, I mean, I, I started feeling this, feeling dizzy and stuff before she got got here to pick up the kids. And when I was here, I, I sat down. I said, "I'm. I feel funny." And she says, "I thought something was wrong." She says. You're you're not acting right, you know. <laughs> um, 
So I knew something was going on, <clears throat> but it was the timing of her coming home right at the moment that it's happening. That was perfect, and, too. Yeah. I mean, it, literally, it was the universe handing us the solution to the problem or to the challenge. And I was like, you can't seem to think for yourself, so here, I'll think for you. Here's a stroke. You know, I won't make it very bad. <laughs> <laughs> But it's enough to, you know, get you out of babysitting. She gets to quit her job. There, you know. (laughs) So I created it. You know, I created the stroke. I did it myself. And, you know, if if you can, when when things like that happen, if you can look at the, the surrounding situations, what were you thinking at the time that you had the stroke? That's why car accidents and stuff, you know, what what have been your thoughts up to that point? Were you, what was your emotion at the time the car accident happened? Were you frustrated and say, dang, why did that happen? You know, I didn't want that to happen. I don't have time for an accident. I don't blah, 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 blah. Well, if you look in the previous days or even months as the, you know, what were your emotions? And you'll probably find that your frustration level was top on the charts mm-hmm. or whatever emotion it was. Whatever emotion you were feeling at the time of the car accident, though that emotion has been plaguing you the whole time. And that's exactly what happened with me with, with my stroke. The the feelings and emotions that I was going through. I want this freed up. I don't want to, you know, be tied down to this babysitting all the time. I love my grandbabies and stuff, but I want to be able to look like I can, you know, do something else. Boom! I got my wish. Yep. So, you're doing so good. I can't believe how good you're doing. It's just. I mean, First I week or two, you we could hear it in your voice, yeah. but now it's just you're back. You're more than normal. You're better than normal now. Well, my thinking has changed a little bit, you know. But I realize I really didn't need to be freed up that much. <laughs> wow, I qualified. Qualified. Time now, and I have you know, it's like getting dressed up and nowhere to go, you know. Right. Yep. <laughs> I've got nothing to do now. I've got plenty of housework I can do, but that's no fun. So, <laughs> you know, I want to I want to be able to travel and and as it turns out, my daughter or my yeah, my uh stepdaughter, she's got to go in for a major surgery here. But well, she goes into into the doctors for one last visit to act for them to figure out exactly where the surgery is going to need to be and what they need to actually do, and then she'll be going into into surgery. It's it's going to be a major type of surgery. Um, it has she's been having a lot a lot of blood clots for the past twenty years, and nobody oh. figured out what what was happening. Well, I guess she's got a severe case of peripheral artery disease, which is 
he hasn't been getting any blood, you know, not much anyway, down to, you know, through her legs and her feet oh. and everything. And it's very painful. And, you know, I mean, I had basically heard of peripheral artery disease. I knew what it was, but I didn't know really much about it. But I'm learning now. So I'm going to be going, you know, <clears throat> going out when she has the surgery and spend probably at least three weeks, if not four, because the recovery is going to be about six weeks for her. And it might, you know, turn out that the time that I'm out there can butt up against the time her mom is planning on coming out, which is in February. Um, so, you know, I would not be able to do that if I was babysitting. Does she have children? I, does she have children? Oh, she's got five kids, but are they there's only pretty much the two youngest ones are still living at home, but they're they're teenagers. They're you know high school and well, that stuff. That could be fun then if if everything goes yeah, well, good. Well, see, I did not get a chance to really bond with these kids. Young, oh. you know, younger. There's she and I had a had a rift, which. It wasn't my fault, but in a way, it was my fault because I allowed it. But anyway, we we've since gotten together. She knows what the truth is, and now you know we're able to be fairly close. But I I missed out on bonding with all these children. You know, these are five of my grandchildren. You know, the only one I ever bonded with was their oldest one, and that's because I babysat them as an infant. Um, through a toddler, and so this will be this will be fun going out there and really you know bonding with the family now you know because I've I've never had a chance to do this, and I was I actually feel quite honored that she asked me to do this for her. Where is it? Arizona. So I'll be out in your neck of the woods, Colin. <laughs> she lives in Phoenix. All right. Well, I'm. I'll be in more than ne- your neck of the woods then than I am here in Illinois. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna get going and call the call the bet and say I'm gonna be a little bit late. We'll talk to you guys next yeah, week. We have to... Okay. Well, God that's bless. Bye bye. Uh, this was uh, this was oh. a good ending. So let's uh, put our arms out and g- give a hug to Patty and. And Orpha and Jerry and Gerald and uh, Colin and everybody else that listens to our call so that you can hear that we end with a still upbeat note. And, and Orpha is showing us how you can manifest. And I may have on a, a gal who teaches how to manifest. So let's put our arms out and let's stretch them way out and say, on the count of three, let's send our love out to everybody. A one. A two, a three. There was a couple of big beats in there, so we got them all. <laughs> Let's defend the road, runner. <laughs> oh, one, one last. One, one last. Last to the boo. Gary. <laughs> You need to quit going out and rigging stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
We love you, Jerry. I'm so glad you're back on our call. Yeah, we got her. We got her. All right. Uh, <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye, bye, everybody. See you next week. Awesome. Oh, I gotta turn off the. I have yeah, to turn you're... off the uh, 